support. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hey, for a lot of people in Texas, it's spring break, and that's why I've got a couple of people in my studio here. Hopefully you won't hear them, okay? They're just going to be quiet observers, some very nice young men that are learning a lot about the work that we do at Texas Values, one who is an occupant of my home. But we won't get into all those details because there's a lot of issues to cover this week when it comes to the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And that's what this radio show is about. If you're new to the radio show, we broadcast live on Facebook. And we're also on radio at noon on Saturdays on the bridge, a local radio station, excuse me, here in Central Texas. And if you're watching this on Facebook, share this, put it on a group, like it. Let's get the traffic up. Let's get a lot of attention on this because we're going to cover a lot of very important information. And that's because the Texas legislature has been very busy. And we're going to talk about pro-life issues primarily, but we're also going to talk about some progress that's been made on the religious liberty issue as well. We're about halfway through the legislative session, but a lot of the work happens in the second half of those 140 days of our state legislative session. And earlier this week, we'll just jump right into it. We're going to have two guests today. Janet Porter is going to be our guest for the first segment. The second segment, we're going to have Jessica Cologne from the Susan B. Anthony List, a national organization that works on pro-life issues to talk about some of that progress that was made this week. But first, we're going to have on our Texas Values Report today, Janet Porter. Janet Porter is the founder and president of Faith to Action. She's the architect of the pro-life heartbeat bill, which ensures that if a heartbeat is detected, the baby is protected. And that's what happened this week in our state legislature. A lot of attention around that issue and that bill was heard and it was passed out of committee and is moving forward. Janet, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you. So, so glad to be here with you, Jonathan. Well, you were there with me, okay, for many hours in Texas. You made the trip, and it was important that you did because there was a lot of attention on this issue. Senate Bill 8 is the Texas heartbeat bill. A number of other states have passed that. I'll let you uh, get into that in just a minute. But the first time there was a hearing this session on this issue, the fact that it's a low number, Senate Bill 8, is a designation because our lieutenant governor has made it clear that it's a priority item. Where's my sticker at? It's on this side. I got my heartbeat sticker, my heart sticker that we were wearing on, excuse me, on Monday. And it was hours long. It finished after midnight. A lot of great testimony. Janet, you were able to give testimony like you've done in other states in support of Senate Bill 8, the heartbeat bill. Tell us about the issue and your experience. Well, it was, as you said, a very long wait, but very well worth it. Uh, as we uh, heard from people all over the state, all over the country that back this bill, um, we're hearing from that all uh all over the uh, all over the, the state legislatures because we've seen heartbeat laws pass in Arkansas, in North Dakota, in Iowa, Kentucky, Mississippi, my home state of Ohio, uh, also in Georgia, Missouri, Louisiana, Tennessee, and most recently in South Carolina. And so we're seeing this really take the country by storm. But what's different about your bill is that you've got civil penalties. The rest go criminal penalties. And, and those bills right now have been launched through the court system to, uh, to deliver what I believe to be a fatal blow to the heart of Roe versus Wade. But your bill can go into effect right away where anyone in the state of Texas who knows of, of, the, of the law being violated, where an abortionist is taking the life of a child after the heartbeat can be detected, then they can actually go after the, uh, uh, the abortion provider with uh, a lawsuit 
to uh, to stop them uh, and to uh, to have civil remedies that are put in place. And I know you can talk more about that. But one of the things that I talked about uh, in my testimony is just what a common sense bill this is. You now there there are people who want to have abortions legal until birth, as we see in New York and elsewhere. Um, there are those of us who want to protect babies from conception. But we can all agree, America can agree that once that heartbeat is detected, that baby should be legally protected. And that's what the Barna research showed. The recent George Barna poll showed that seven out of 10 in America believe that that child should be protected if his heartbeat can be heard. Uh, and, and here's the other thing. This is great news for anybody in a Republican primary. 86% of Republicans believe that. And here's the part that is shocking to many. 55%, even a majority of Democrats support the heartbeat bill. As we saw, and I had the privilege of meeting Senator uh, Lucio, Senator Eddie Lucio, who came out and wanted to make sure I signed his book to him and was very, very uh, appreciative of the fact that we're standing together in unity uh, from all over the country to see Texas hearts to continue to beat and to beat strong. Well, we're talking with Janet Porter, who is the president and founder of Fate to Action, recognized by many as the architect of the heartbeat bill, one of the first to introduce this idea and a part of these laws passing in other states. She's dedicated so much of her life to this. As a matter of fact, if you're watching us on Facebook, and you can check this out online if you're listening uh, through the audio or radio or a podcast, is she's written a book about it. And, and on Facebook, you can see a, in the background of uh, her background there, the cover of her book, A Heartbeat Away, which talks a lot about this process and really how uh, what happened along the way. But here we are now, a dozen, excuse me, 10, 12 states have passed it. I think South Carolina was the most recent. And there's it what and, and a lot of those are in the past two or three years. And so I, I you know, I, I think it's obvious or you could say there's momentum around the pro-life movement, but also around the heartbeat issue. And I think because bills like this, the concept is simple. You know, when you think about the issue of a heartbeat, it's a universal indicator of life. That's the question that is asked, right? If there's a question about if someone's alive, can you detect a heartbeat? And a lot of us believe it should be no different for a baby inside the womb. And that's it, uh, Jonathan. We are no longer discriminating against the youngest members of the human family with this bill. Uh, everybody gets it. If there's a heartbeat, there's life. Uh, that's why we instinctively check for a pulse. If we find somebody's lying unconscious, we check to see that they're alive. We don't automatically have a funeral because none of us have ever been to a funeral of somebody with a beating heart. And everyone understands that all those heart monitors in hospitals they're not there for decoration. So it's a common sense bill. It's supported by America. It's spreading across America and passing. Now, Texas would make number 12 uh, state. That's number 12 state to pass a heartbeat law, which is surprising. Texas is usually the leader that y'all haven't done this by now, but I'm excited that it's happening now. One of the other things that I talked about in my testimony is something we didn't know when we drafted the first heartbeat law. Uh, and that is uh, that, that there is a, we, we talked about detectable, detectable heartbeat, cardiac activity, measurable heartbeat. But turns we decided, as Texas did, to talk about detectable heartbeat, which just so happened to be a finding of fact in the Gonzalez v. Carhartt case that said that the Supreme Court had a finding of fact, and it was unanimous. That means even the pro-aborts agreed with this fact, that once you have a detectable heartbeat, you have a living fetus. And as was pointed out in committee, fetus is simply the Latin word, which means young one, developing human. We have a living human being 
from the point of detectable heartbeat. So when these bills go to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court doesn't have to say, yeah, well, we've really messed up. We've killed more than 60 million children. All they have to do is say, we've got, a, as the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals said, a much better marker that is more consistent and more certain than viability, which is a lousy standard, a measure of our technology that the court's currently using. So all they need uh, to look. do is move that line closer to where our goal is of conception so we're inches away instead of miles away. And it's based on the Supreme Court's jurisprudence that's already in place. Well, you make a good point about that. The Gonzalez versus Carhartt case was a 2007 case, a much more recent precedent than Roe versus Wade or Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which I believe was a 1992 case where they looked at and almost cemented this standard, this undue burden standard, this viability issue and so on. And now what we're seeing is a difference in the change of standards. Your point of recognition, we could just look last year, okay, in the state of Texas, the Fifth Circuit ruled numerous times when the state of Texas said, there's not going to be any procedures in our state during the height of the coronavirus pandemic, the courts allow effectively for abortion to be banned. So we know that there's recent precedent and we know it's for good reason. Now this bill moves forward. Senate Bill 8 passed out of the Senate State Affairs Committee. It's chaired by Brian Hughes, who's also the author of the bill and is also an attorney and very pro-life. And one of the Democrats supported it, Eddie Lucio, as you mentioned. The bill moves forward now. And look, a majority of the Senate in Texas has already signed their name to support it. So you know the votes are there. On the House side, you've got House Bill 1515, Shelby Slauson, She's the state representative that's carrying this bill in the Texas House. The momentum continues to grow. I think she's got 55 or so co-authors out of 150 members and 83 Republicans on the House side. I was told it was 60. There were a lot of other pro-bill, pro-life bills that were heard that day. Human Life Protection Act, Senate Bill 650. We could go on about some of those. We actually put out an email just about that if you want more detail. But my point is, uh, it's early in the session in some ways. And I think this bill has a very strong chance of getting passed. I think that's the expectation in a lot of ways. And and it's encouraging because it's a way to say, you know what? Roe versus Wade started in Texas. Texas is going to step up and acknowledge the humanity of the unborn child, that heartbeat, and a simple concept that a lot of people can understand. And I was glad that you were there that day because sometimes it's hard to know when these hearings are going to come up. Is it going to fit people's schedule? You were right on time. It mattered a lot. And I think your voice... And uh, your, your background and your experience and, and your influence are going to matter for this issue moving forward to get it done. You know, probably one of the most important things I was able to say uh, to the committee uh, last week is, is essentially when we started, let me just say this. We started and they told us that, that we can only regulate around the edges of abortion. That's all we can do. And, 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 and that approach has left us with more than a million children uh, dead every year, uh, a body count that keeps growing by the millions. Um, but when we, we started out, they told us it was impossible. But I come from the state of Ohio, and the motto there is, with God, all things are possible. And what was once impossible is now inevitable. We're going to end abortion for every child whose heartbeat can be heard. And this is the message I gave to the Senate, is if a purple state like Ohio can pass a heartbeat law, overcoming two vetoes, surely the great state of Texas, the ruby red state of Texas, with a pro-life governor, a pro-life lieutenant governor, a pro-life attorney general can do it. And that, that is where we're going to see, instead of abortion stopping a beating heart, a beating heart 
will stop abortion. And so I, I'm excited that the state of Texas and the legislature there is, is no longer going to ignore the SOS that these children have been sending with each beat of their heart. They're going to keep hearts beating. And I am uh, privileged and I'm grateful to you, Jonathan, for inviting me to be a part of keeping Texas hearts beating. So thank you so much. Yeah, well, absolutely. We know the lieutenant governor's office is on board. We know the governor talked about the pro-life issue in his state of the state address over a month ago saying he wanted to er eradicate abortion. A member of his team came by our Faith and Family Day Wednesday to support the pro-life issues. So, you know, look, I, the numbers are there. We got to keep the issue going, though, because uh, can't take it for granted. Senate Bill 8, Texas Heartbeat Bill, House Bill 1550 is the companion. Janet Porter has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Janet. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to let Janet go, and we're going to move into segment two and almost not skip a beat, okay? Almost not even skip a heartbeat. And welcome on Jessica Cologne, who is a representative for SBA List, Susan B. Anthony List, which is a national organization that works on pro-life issues nationwide. They've got a network of more than 900,000 Americans that work on policy issues related to advancing pro-life. Jessica has been a longtime friend of our organization as well working out of the Houston area, and certainly being a voice when it comes to the pro-life issue. Jessica, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you. Great to be with you, Jonathan, as always. Well, and look, you were there Monday. It was a long day, and we saw both ends of it, okay? The hearing started at 9 a.m., and I somehow was the last one to testify, and it was about 12, 15 the next day. I saw your Facebook post. It was great. And so, But hey, look, as I've said it before, I mean, however it works out, We'll stay till the end, and it's important to send that message to let them know that however long it takes, it's important to stand up for life. And I know you supported uh, the Heartbeat Bill and a lot of other issues. I know one of the issues that your organization is focusing on a lot, I want um, you to talk about that on behalf of Susan B. Anthony List, a bill that was heard that day and ultimately was passed out on Tuesday, that Senate Bill 394 by Senator Eddie Lucio. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the legislation. Sure. This legislation is so important. You know, pill-induced abortions, chemical abortions, they are flying under our radar in the life movement. I just spoke at a group Tuesday night in Tarrant County and asked the crowd how many folks um, were familiar with pill-induced or chemical abortions. And there were just a few hands out of about 50. Um, we're very familiar with surgical abortions, the dangers to the woman, to the girl, and surgical abortion, of course, the death to the child, of course, in, in surgical abortions. And these are very dangerous um, for the girl uh, taking these pills. And of course, it, it kills the baby. Um, that's the intent of these. Uh, and the long story short of it is that um, the Federal Food and Drug Administration at the federal level has long had uh, regulations in place on these very dangerous drugs. And we expect some change in the Biden administration. Um, they were uh, first implemented in the Clinton administration back in the 90s, and um, where the Clinton administration, the regulation said you could only uh, dispense of these pills up to seven weeks within pregnancy. Well, in Obama's administration, they expanded that to 10 weeks, so two and a half months in. Um, and some of the other regulations that currently exist at the FDA level include that the doctor has to see the woman in person, that they have to confirm that the woman is pregnant. They need to confirm that the uh, pregnancy is not an ectopic pregnancy, one that is resides on the fallopian tube, which is already very dangerous and fatal for many women. Um, and maternal mortality increases by 30% with these drugs if the, if the girl has um, 
an ectopic pregnancy. And we have to, you know, it, one of the regulations also says that the blood type has to be confirmed to um, not be RH negative. And if it is that the woman gets a Rogam shot um, to bring her blood levels to a degree where it can handle a drug like this. Um, these are very critical regulations that exist and we expect some change in this administration as it has been with every Democrat administration since um, they well, were- let me, And let me ask you about that, Jessica. We're talking with Jessica Colon, representative for SBA list, Susan B. Anthony list, national pro-life organization. They're having a presence at the Texas Capitol this session, testifying in favor of pro-life legislation, particularly Senate Bill 394. I mean, part of this is my understanding, safety-wise, right? You can imagine what happens if the, the doctor is not involved or if they're not having a visit and something tragic happens at home. A lot of people don't think about this, but sometimes one of the side effects of these drugs or an abortion procedure is that women die. I mean, it, it's no hypothetical. No. And so you can think about the, the circumstances that would exist if this is something that's just coming through the mail. I know that's something Lila Rose and Senator Cruz have worked on and, and their concern when you have uh, these kind of issues on really which, you know, it's a dangerous procedure. It can, it certainly can have some harmful side effects, so to speak. And so there's a legitimate safety issue yes. involved. Well, and mail order, removing mail order with these drugs is part of this bill. Also, a very important part that these drugs must be dispensed in person. Um, and the bottom line is that um, women don't realize what is going to happen to their body. They believe and they've been told that these drugs are as safe as Tylenol, and that is not the case. And, the, and these are very young women, um, so young that these, uh, the, in, in, the, entrance of this of these drugs into the marketplace has made the dorm room the new abortion clinic and that is happening um, to our young girls uh, they this is a way that folks can get around parental consent um, and not inform their parents of what's going on and that's that's where we believe the abortion industry is wanting to take this that's process right. is yeah um, well look we're talking with jessica colono susan b anthony list that's what a lot of people in the the abortion industry do want right they want parents, family members, other people cut out of the process and they want, and, and look, there, there are some, and it's not, look, there are legitimate concerns and it's common sense. If you're going to end the life of a child in the womb of a woman, you think about what all has to go into that happening. And, and after the fact, uh, this is not a situation where so, a girl should be in a dorm room alone, agonizing through this in dealing with it. And so, and, and it does point to, right, our concerns overall about the taking of an innocent human life. And so not only physically, but you can just imagine what type of emotions and psychological things uh, that you could have to deal with in raising the standard here at the least to saying, look, this is a, an issue of great concern. And if it's gonna take place, uh, we need to be taking a closer look at how these things are done. And so I, I'm, you know, I'm very encouraged by this in the testimony on Monday was very helpful in the presence, not to make too much of it regarding politics and partisanship, but to have a Democrat leader of the Texas Senate, of the Texas legislature involved in this conversation and an author of the bill, that should send a pretty strong message too. It does. And, you know, we want to bring these regulations into Texas law. That's what we're trying to do with SB 394 and provide the same protocols that exist currently at the federal level and bring them into state law. Um, and, you know, to your point about the, the risk to the girl and to the women who take these drugs, um, the, the horror stories about the hemorrhaging that takes place and 
um, what they see of their baby remains is traumatic, as you can imagine, and that's what occurs. Um, I heard from a nurse this week, a former nurse who saw uh, these cases come into her emergency room frequently, uh, and it was it, it's very, very dangerous for the, the girl at home going through this on her own. It's also why these pill-induced abortions have been coined DIY abortions. Mm -hmm. And so we are, we are very much trying to bring uh, greater awareness to this, but we absolutely have an urgency right now regarding the uh, expected changes at the federal level that we make sure these regulations that currently exist there at the FDA are brought into Texas law. Well, look, uh, Jessica, your presence and your team's presence there was noticed on Monday. There were a lot of pro-life bills. I know you support the heartbeat bill and another, another excuse me, other pro-life bills that were being heard that day. It's encouraging to see a lot of support and to see members of the legislature, including our lieutenant governor, take leadership on these issues, put their support behind them, including our chairman of the committee, Senator Brian Hughes. And so, uh, look, it's we've got some momentum going, but as you and I know, as far as the legislative process, it's easier to kill a bill than pass a bill. So we've still got some work to do. Certainly nothing to take for granted. So we'll look forward to interacting with you and your team more and um, getting the message out there about how important this issue is. We're glad also to see that national presence of the Susan B. Anthony list in Texas during the legislative process. So thank you. We were really glad to have our national. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Sorry about that. We were very glad to have our national policy director, Sue Liebel, testify before the committee, um, in addition to Katie Glenn with Americans United for Life. Uh, and we had Dr. Ingrid Skopp, who's with the Charlotte Lozier Institute, testify on the dangers of these drugs and uh, to the girls, uh, the process to the girls. And then we were glad to have Jennifer Allman with the Texas Conference of Catholic Bishops um, discuss it uh, in testimony also, in addition to many students for life that where they are talking about the effect of these pills on college campuses across the, the country. So it was a great coalition of our national partners and statewide partners, as you mentioned. So it was, it was um, and it's great to see that this session. It Absolutely, and Texas Values will continue to support Senate Bill 394. And Thank you, Jonathan. Bills that were there that session. So we appreciate that. Jessica Colon with Susan B. Anthony List has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna do a little wrap up now that our guests, uh, two segments with our guests are over. It was a long week. I didn't even mention this yet, but we had our Faith and Family Day in the middle of the week. So we had this long hearing on Monday, all right? And then we had um, our, our Faith and Family Day, which is the largest day of activism, if you will, and interaction and activity that we have during our state legislative session. That was on Wednesday and it wasn't just our event. We had Concerned Women, uh, Concerned Women for America of Texas, that was one of the sponsors and partners of the event, Texas Homeschool Coalition, Texas Pastor Council, Esther's Council, and Texas Eagle Forum. So a lot of great groups that teamed up with us. We had hundreds of people that were a part of the event in hundreds more, if not thousands, that participated online. We had the Lieutenant Governor come over to the, uh, to the event and a lot of other elected officials, some national speakers, really a great opportunity to get some good information on the religious liberty, pro-life and faith and family issues, and then go over to the Capitol. Right. And that's where I got these stickers. Okay. I got my church's essential sticker, my heartbeat sticker, because the Freedom to Worship Act, which is about uh, keeping churches essential, where is it? I can't see. I'm having to reverse here, right? On these videos. Uh, Senate Bill 26 is the Freedom to Worship Act. SJR 27 is a constitutional amendment about protecting churches as well. Those bills are moving forward. They were talked about that day. Of course, the heartbeat bill we've talked about quite a bit. Senate Bill 8, Senate Bill 9, the Human Life Protection Act, Senate Bill 650, 
which in, um, in, a, in, a, in a stronger way cuts off contracts and transactions and interactions with entities that are in, in somehow a part of supporting the abortion industry in, in connection with the government. So that event, though, was tremendous, okay? We had so much support, and particularly in a year where people are not as active in public, right? And thankfully, the mask mandate was lifted so we could go over to the Capitol without having to wear a mask, even though they're requiring it in some hearing rooms. But we, had, we got to breathe a little bit easier as we went over there. And to get our message out, we saw people wearing these churches or essential stickers, wearing a heartbeat. And it's important. you got to get your message out. You have to be able to communicate. For many of those people, that's the only day that they're going to be at the Capitol this entire session. Now, our team, we're going to be there every day. All 140 days of the session, we're going to have a presence. But most people are not. And so we were excited to see people make the most of that day to get their message heard, and then go talk to their Texas House member, go talk to their Texas Senate member. And we had several emails and calls come back to us saying, hey, thanks for sending people over to my office, or you know, this person from my district came by and said hello. But that's not it. If you were there that day, you, you still need to make those phone calls, send those emails, and continue to show your support on these issues and your voice. And come back again if you want to, okay? You don't have to just come one day, but if you made it, great. If you weren't able to make it, don't be discouraged. You still have a role to play. There's plenty of time between now and the end of the session if you want to come to the Capitol. One of the, the, uh, the moments that I liked the best is when I spoke and I asked for a raise of hands, has anyone not been to the Capitol before? And about 10 or 15 people raised their hands, and it was exciting because that's what that event is about. If you've never been to the Capitol, if you haven't engaged, getting over that fear or whatever reason was there before and getting over there, because once you do, it's a paradigm shift. You'll never be the same. You'll remember Oh, it's not that hard to get in. It's not that hard to go in and get a meeting or visit with my elected official. All these people are very approachable. So you you uh, get through that side of that and any thoughts you had leading up to that, and you realize, hey, I could do this quite often. This issue uh, in the, the Capitol and the elected officials are very accessible. That's a big part of what we do, right? You heard me say it before. Government belongs to those who show up. So we try to help you get in a position to show up. So we're just about out of time. A lot of work still to do. Go to txvalues.org for updates. And if you see value in our work, we think it's one of the best investments you can make for faith, family, and freedom. Make a tax-deductible donation today at txvalues.org for the work we're doing for faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.